0: He's Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. The big offseason question for the Cardinals is, hey, which shortstop are they going to sign or are they going to sign a shortstop? So we figured we'd call in an expert via the Brown and and celebrity line. Michael Giannetti joining the show. He's the co-founder of Track. You can find him on Twitter at SpotTrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C. Michael, we hugely appreciate your website for being an unbelievable resource for us. And thanks so much for hopping on with us today. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So let's let's talk a little bit about this shortstop market that we're gonna see this off season. Uh, you guys do something great with the market value estimates of what these players could make. When you look at Story, Seeger, Correa, Baez, what do you think are the biggest differentiators between those guys as to what they could potentially get this off season?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting, right? And and kinda of luckily for us who kinda of do this stuff for a living. We just had this kind of scenario in the NFL with wide receivers, and it kind of went exactly as I thought it was going to go. There was going to be a couple of teams that just decided we're going to pay the right price, even though there's six guys available, because we want this guy specifically. I really think that's how this is going to shake out over the next couple of months in Major League Baseball as well. And I think Trevor Story is probably the top of that list, right? It just seems like he's the most complete player of this list. That's why he was probably the most coveted and and had the highest price tag at the trade deadline. Uh, you know, the fact that he didn't go is a whole different story for another topic, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I think he's a breadwinner here. I think he's the guy that he's worth 30 million plus a year right now. According to our numbers, I think he gets it from one of the big, big teams in major league baseball. After that, I think there's a pretty significant drop-off. I think it's tier one, tier two, and tier two was full of Corey Seager, Carlos Correo. And I guess we have to include Javier Baez because of what the Mets gave up. I, I wouldn't have had him there before he got traded to the Mets, to be honest. But the price that they gave up to get him brings him back into elite company. He just hasn't had the production, though, to put it up with it. I mean, his market value has dropped each of the last month for the last year and a half. That's just kind of the player he's been. But there's two separate tiers here with those four players specifically, and Trevor Story stands in his own right now.
2: Mike, I want to go back to Trevor's Story because we mentioned him yesterday and we referenced the numbers that you guys projected for Story in the offseason. Do you feel like that's too high for Trevor's Story? I mean, like $30 million, I mean, I was instantly out on that thinking the Cardinals wouldn't even touch that. I don't
1: think a lot of teams will. I really don't. It's going to take the Yankees and one of these teams who, who has shown that they're willing to do that kind of thing at that position in the past to to, to get that kind of number. Um, I think the Mets are regretting Francisco Lindor's payday, even though you know it's not thirty million a year. It spreads spreads out to a lot more over a longer time. Uh, and stories on the older end of this conversation as well, right? Kirk Correa is younger, Seager's a little bit younger, Trey Turner and Trevor Story about the same age. So that's another factor here: is how long can you go? How low can you keep that luxury tax salary? So at the end of the day. Is it worth paying a shortstop thirty million on your luxury tax, knowing you got to pay you know three starting pitchers, a closer, decent money, and then a couple of outfielders as well? If you're any team in baseball right now, it's probably too high. So if we value him at thirty for eight years, maybe for ten years, that comes down into the twenty five, twenty six million dollar mark, and you can play ball with that. But yeah, thirty's probably too high at that position going forward. Here,
0: Michael, when you research these uh, these contracts in the past, and then how you kind of project these things going out. As we're talking about eight, 10 year deals for guys that are in that 27 to 29 age range right now, is that a good investment based on what we've seen in the past? Like, is that a smart thing for a baseball team to do, especially with these guys at a premier position?
1: Anybody who follows me or has followed me for the past couple of years knows that these long-term deals in any sport, even the hockey deals, even the eight year extensions in hockey, they drive me crazy. I just don't understand how, the games have changed so much around, right? I mean, everything about these games have changed over the past two decades. But this specific thing has not changed. It's gotten better in baseball. Teams, have, you know, we're not going to see a holes contract like we saw, uh, re- really. Again, I don't, I don't think at least that takes you into your forties with thirty million on the back end. But um, no, I, I don't think there's ever going to be a, a team slash player where where that kind of length and contract when you're talking 200 million plus is ever going to work out for more than half of the contract. So what you're doing, and I referenced it, is you're just, you're just trying to reduce your current luxury tax to get, and then take a bath on the back end of the contracts. I don't believe in it. These teams shouldn't care about the luxury tax threshold. The bills they have to pay at the end of the day for going a little bit over the luxury tax is so minuscule, especially if you're a winning team, if you win, who cares for that small little bill? So I think that that, that part of the system is really broken. And I hope that's addressed in this upcoming TBA
2: uh, Mike, in terms of the shortstop class this upcoming season, you said Trevor Story's at the top of this, and then you got the next tier. Uh, who do you think is going to be the steal in this draft, or in this uh, free agent class? Because we looked at the numbers of Carlos Correa yesterday, and it, yeah. it sure seems like he's the one that's the most cost-efficient and, and worth the bang for the buck, especially at his age, being the youngest.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly why I say it, to him. If you can get him for eight years at twenty five million a year, I think you're golden. I think he's the linchpin of a young team. If you want, if you're a brand new, you know, kind of starting over with him. Otherwise, if you're a contender, and that's the guy you settle on, if he's Plan C for somebody, according to what these evaluations say, I think it's an excellent Plan C. Um, I have some reservations about bias, so I certainly put Gray above that. But look, if you go down the list a little bit, you know, is Dansby Sponson going to walk away from Atlanta? He's a heck of a player who's got just as much pop as any of these guys right now. And then what happens with a you know with a Marcus Simeon, who's probably going to get pushed out of Toronto. He's a little bit older. But that's probably a smaller deal, smaller length and value for a player who has completely exploded, maybe in his prime right now.
0: Michael, when you look at the free agent class this upcoming offseason, I mean, we've talked a lot about these shortstops. Are there any other players that if you're a team, like the Cardinals, for example, that's looking yeah. for somebody that can come in and help the offense? So you're just really looking for a bat. Is there anybody that immediately pops to you where you're like man, given his market value, given what he could potentially get this year, that would be a signing that I'd be interested in?
1: Yeah, it's tough because a lot of the a lot of the free agents that are allowed to walk these days are either up the middle, you know, utility type guys like like a second baseman, like an like an outfielder, or first baseman. Nobody's paying first baseman right now, and I know that's maybe tough to hear for the Goldsmith <laughs> contract, but but look, Freddie Freeman's not re-signed. Anthony Rizzo just got moved. He's going to need some kind of money. There's three or four really legitimate first basemen. And oh, by the way, if the DH comes to the National League, that, that opens up, up a whole new can of worms for everybody. So uh, it's, it's kind of the corners. It's kind of your utility players that generally hit the market these days. Everybody else has been pretty good at extending their own. I wouldn't say there's, there's really any more players outside of this shortstop class that are gonna, really going to you know drive the market in terms of the big-time contracts this offseason, except for players – who just simply need an extension. You know, Trey Turner, I mentioned, and, and a couple of those guys out there. Corey Seeger is going to be an interesting shortstop slash utility player as well when it comes down to it.
2: So, Michael, I know the question that a lot of Cardinals fans that are listening to this right now is, you know, will the Cardinals jump into this market for these shortstops, whether it be Correa or Seager or Story or even Javier Baez? And, you know, when yeah. I look at Spotrac's website in terms of the breakdown for payroll, they already got 68 million um, committed to their two corner infielders. Do you feel like they'll put another 25 to 30 mil towards an infielder? I wouldn't.
1: <laughs> if I'm the GM, I wouldn't do it. I think there's a there's better way to plug and play those kind of positions right now for the short term. Because look, the other thing you're doing with an eight-year contract is you're thinking long term, at least for, for right now. I don't think you have to do that with this position right now because there's so much blood out there to look at. Um, they got to get healthier in the rotation. That's an obvious thing. they got to get a little better on the back end. They've made some mistakes in there in terms of dollars. Uh, that's where I'd be putting my money this offseason. I, I don't think I'd go high-priced infielder by any regards. Uh, unless I can make a trade to clear some payroll out first. But I don't think that's what they're looking to do. I, I think it should be all about bulking up the, p- the pitching, bringing in maybe a one- to two-year player, one of those guys I talked about in the second or third tier of this sort situation, and seeing if they can get back to contention.
0: Michael, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, they're getting Jack Flaherty back tonight, finally, yep. from the injury that he sustained earlier this year. He's got two years left in, in arbitration, so he's, he's probably going to play this thing out into free agency if he continues on the trajectory that we all kind of expect him to be, what kind of a contract are you expecting Flaherty to sign when he hits free agency at the age of twenty-eight?
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys we're looking at right now. Him and Tyler Glasno and Shane Bieber and, and a couple of these players who have had injuries in the past, but certainly if they bounce back, they're going to be prime, con- you know, prime contract guys. Uh, at the price to beat thirty-five, thirty-six with Garrett Cole—that's just what it takes right now, and I don't see it going anywhere backwards. The starting pitch is becoming more and more powerful every single off season. You know, Max Scherzer's 37 going on 38 here. He's going to get himself $20 million plus without really trying, whether he stays or goes. So you're talking, we're going to be approaching $40 million by the time Bieber and Glasnow and Flaherty hit free agent market if they're allowed to do so. So if I'm the Cardinals... I'm taking advantage of this injury situation right now, and I'm trying like, heck, to get to the negotiating room with Sam and try to get this done because you could probably get a little bit of value right now to get it done early.
0: Final thing for you, Michael, before we get you out of here, is there anything else contract-wise with the Cardinals that interests you, whether it be a potential extension candidate, a guy that has signed a contract that you disagreed with, something like anything else contract-wise with the Cardinals that you find to be particularly interesting?
1: I just love that Paul Dion got done so early. They're still getting value out of that. That was kind of what, that was early on in the let's get our our young guys done early phase. They were really one of the first teams to do that, and it's become a real trend now. And it's become going to become a bigger trend after this new CBA. I have a feeling when uh, some of these superstars really start to kick in. I mean, if you look at the value on a on Acuna and an Albie's out in Atlanta, uh, it's just nuts how these good teams have these unbelievable contracts. But these guys are happy. They're happy to be where they are. I, I think that's what these teams need to be need to be doing. If If you've got an aging veteran, can you move him? Can you rebuild through the draft through the international system? And don't be afraid to pump fifty sixty million dollars contracts into those players specifically. Because A, they'll be super happy and they'll play hard for you at a young age. And B, you're not going to get into this 8 for 250 situation that we're talking about right now.
0: He's Michael Jeanette. You can find his work over at Track. You can follow him on Twitter at Track S-P-O-T-R-A-C. If you're looking for anything contract-wise in baseball, football, hockey, whatever it may be, it's the best website resource that you could possibly ask for. Michael, we always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. You bet, guys. Thank you.
1: Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts
2: November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.